BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America located in Washington, D.C. provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. Hi, gang. If we had one, this would be the follow up impact segment of the program. We find interesting the betting markets for elections, limited though they are, right? I mean, it's really predict it, which is the only game in town in this country. And I'm still not sure, even though John Aristotle Phillips has has been my guest on a couple of occasions, I'm still not sure how they're able to do it. But I'm looking at Predict It right now. This is interesting. Uh, Donald Trump is a 76 cent, meaning 76 percent chance of being the 2024 Republican presidential nominee, which puts him higher in the betting market than Joe Biden. Biden's at 72 percent. That's curious, isn't it? Trump is the 76% likely Republican candidate. Biden is the 72% likely Democratic candidate. The 2024 presidential election winner, according to this betting market right now, Donald Trump is a 40 cent pick, meaning 40 percentage points. Joe Biden is a 39. So according to this betting market, it's going to be a rematch of 2020. And by just one cent or one percentage point, Donald Trump is the winner of that race. Is there any value? Is there any value to the betting markets when it comes to politics? Is there any value to the betting markets when it comes to predicting terror? Last Friday, when we were last together, the Times had just broken the story that ended up page one above the fold in the print edition under the headline, Israeli saw plan for Hamas attack over a year ago. And the lead of the story from Ronan Bergman and Adam Goldman said Israeli officials obtained Hamas's battle plan for the October 7 terror attack more than a year before it happened. Documents, emails and interviews show. But Israeli military and intelligence officials dismissed the plans as aspirational considering it too difficult for Hamas to carry out. And then further along in the story, it said the document circulated widely among Israeli military and intelligence leaders, but experts determined that an attack of that scale and ambition was beyond Hamas's capabilities. It was too fantastical, is what they thought. Like, like paragliders? You must be joking. How in the world are they going to do this? And so it wasn't taken seriously. And I said when I was on air with you on Friday that 
it reminds me of the 9-11 Commission because in the very first two paragraphs under general findings of the 9-11 Commission, it said this, the most important failure was one of imagination. We do not believe leaders understood the gravity of the threat. The terrorist danger from bin Laden and al-Qaeda was not a major topic for policy debate among the public, the media, or the Congress. Indeed, it barely came up during the 2000 presidential campaign. It then made reference to Richard Clark, who was a guest of mine on CNN on Saturday. As late as September 4, 2001, Richard Clark, the White House staffer long responsible for counterterrorism policy coordination, asserted that the government had not yet made up its mind how to answer the question, is al-Qaeda a big deal? A week later came the answer. I said on air when we were together on Friday that there's something in my noggin about the extraordinary efforts that were then undertaken by the U.S. so as to preclude ever again our being limited by our imagination. And this all unfolded very organically in real time. I was sitting here having a conversation with TC. I'm thinking there's something that this is reminding me of. And then she found a story from The Wrap, which was written just uh, two years ago, 2021, piecing together the details of how Hollywood elite were pulled together a month after September 11 uh, by a Pentagon officials official, A. Michael Andrews II, the Army's then chief scientist, who came up with a meeting. And the idea was... If we were limited, I mean, the 9-11 Commission report had not yet come out, but already there was recognition that we were limited by our imaginations so that we'll never be limited by our imaginations again. Maybe what we should do is, is put together the best of the Hollywood producers, sit around a table and brainstorm and let them come up with ideas. And they did exactly that. Here's the way the rap coverage begins. The building on Fiji Way in Marina Del Rey, California, is as nondescript as they come, just another glass and concrete office tower, like so many others hunkered in business parks across Los Angeles. But 20 years ago, just a few weeks after the 9-11 tragedy, a group of elite Hollywood figures and a handful of top U.S. Army brass met for a clandestine summit straight out of a Michael Crichton novel. A lot of what transpired that night is still top secret, but this much we do know. One evening in October of 2001, just weeks after the al-Qaeda terrorists took down the Twin Towers in Manhattan and maimed the Pentagon, a group of about 30 of Hollywood's top creatives, A-listers like Oliver Stone, Law & Order producer Dick Wolf, Seven director David Fincher, NYPD Blues David Milch, and the late John Singleton, to name a few, were quietly invited to mingle with high-level members of the U.S. military. The group was officially, though secretly, named the Entertainment Industry Task Force. Its mission, which everyone enthusiastically accepted, was to help America prevent another 9-11 by brainstorming terrorist scenarios so out-of-the-box crazy that they could only happen in the movies. Unless, that is, Al-Qaeda thought of them first. After all, until 2001, nobody had ever imagined or prepared for the idea that hijacked planes could be used as deadly missiles against landmark buildings like the World Trade Center and Pentagon. 
And what made this story in the wrap in 2021 able to be written is that the aforementioned Michael Andrews went on the record and talked about it. I thought it would be worthwhile to look outside our our usual way of thinking about terrorism. I asked if we could get some entertainment industry volunteers together and see if they could dream up plot lines that might expose a weakness in our real-life anti-terrorism network capabilities. And they also published the full list of who was in the room. I don't know a lot of the names, but it's interesting to see their credits. Platoon, JFK, that's Oliver Stone, obviously. Law and Order, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Joseph... Zito, the director of Friday, you know, that whole franchise of Friday the 13th, like, what are we going to do to prevent the next act of terror? Let's let's get. Uh, what's his name? Not Chucky, because Chucky's the doll. Freddy Krueger. Or is it Jason? Oh, Jason. Oof. Who's the one with the mask? You know, Jamie uh, Lee Curtis. Isn't that Friday? Or is that Halloween? I don't know. Okay, I don't I do, no. I don't, Michael I don't, Myers. Halloween Isn't it Michael is Myers? Jamie Lee Curtis. Who's, which one is Friday? Which one is? Uh, I don't do horror movies. What's Friday the 13th? What do you mean? What? Who is who is the the bad guy? Who's the the creep? Who's the uh, the killer? Oh boy, hang on. Uh, Jason Voorhees, the main antagonist of Friday the Thirteenth, Freddy versus Jason, hmm. secondary antagonist of the crossover film. So okay, so I went home Friday, and I and I was I was thinking there's something else. There's something else that I'm thinking of in in the category of going outside the box and trying to come up with a way that we envision what might be coming. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. There's something else that I'm thinking of in, in the category of going outside the box and trying to come up with a way that we envision what might be coming. Okay. Yes, I did remember the Hollywood get together. It had been, it had been written about, but in a very terse fashion. We didn't have all the details. And I knew that I'd written a column about some other effort that had been 
attempted, entertained in the aftermath of September 11. I have at home hard copies of 15 years worth of newspaper columns that I published for the Philadelphia Inquirer and Philadelphia Daily News. Actually, I, I began soon after 9-11. Um, and I went back and I, I flipped through a photo album and all of a sudden I saw what I was making reference to here, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And I want to revisit this. And I want to know if this is as nutty a concept as it was perceived to be by everybody except me at the time. I'm looking at a column that I wrote August 7, 2003. Here's the way it begins. Be afraid, be very afraid, said the Daily News. Repugnant, claimed the Inquirer. A harebrained scheme, said the Boston Globe. It was wacky, according to the New York Times. The Times-Picayune in the Big Easy said, The idea is so strange Lovian that it's scary. The Houston Chronicle agreed, Few Americans could imagine a loonier scheme. The new release from Stephen King? Well, not exactly. It's the plan by retired Rear Admiral John Poindexter to fight terrorism by using a futures market to predict Mideast developments, and it was universally panned. In fact, the initiative cost Poindexter his job. And then I say, if they'd asked me, I would have been much more favorable or favorably disposed, disposed toward this. Thumbs up for Poindexter, says Smirkanish, would have been my take. I think he was on to something. And the media did us all a disservice by so easily dismissing Poindexter. I argued back in 2003. His aim was to establish a web-based futures trading market where experts could bet on the prospects of a terror attack. Initially, about 100 experts from academia and think tanks were to have been invited to buy and sell futures on events in the Middle East. Government upheaval, military preparedness, and economic health were to have been the subjects of wagering. It may sound crazy, but markets are a great predictor of world events. The point here was that the collective consciousness of experts could be an effective intelligence-gathering technique. A similar model at the University of Iowa has achieved great success in handicapping political contests. So I found my column, and then I went back, and I pieced together, like, what was this all about? And there were a number of stories that were written. This was a, like a huge story for 24 or 48 hours. And I went back and I, I grabbed some of the old coverage. Here's what it says. The Pentagon office that proposed spying electronically on Americans to monitor potential terrorists has a new experiment. Well, that didn't help. I should parenthetically say that it came from, you know, that same uh, part of the Pentagon. It's an online futures trading market disclosed today by critics in which anonymous speculators would bet on forecasting terror attacks, assassinations, and coups. Traders bullish on a biological attack on Israel. Oh, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Traders bullish on a biological attack on Israel or bearish on the chances of North Korea striking, uh, utilizing a missile strike would have the opportunity to bet on the likelihood of such events on a new Internet site established by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. In other words, the Pentagon was going to set up a betting market, a betting market 
the participants for which would have been invited individuals from academia who had expertise. Maybe they came from think tanks. It's not like you and I could lay a wager. The Pentagon called its latest idea a new way of predicting events and part of its search for, quote, the broadest possible set of new ways to prevent terrorist attacks. Two Democratic senators who reported the plan called it morally repugnant and grotesque. The senator said that the program fell under the control of Admiral John M. Poindexter, President Reagan's national security advisor. Poindexter first gained notoriety in the Iran-Contra scandal during the Reagan administration, and more recently he oversaw a Pentagon program for extensive electronic surveillance of computer records in the search for terrorists. It was not easy for me to defend him, given his credentials. Under the Pentagon plan, traders were to be able to begin registering on Friday to trade futures in Middle East developments as of October 1 on a website of the policy analyst market which the Pentagon was operating with private partners. And then further along in in the story, in statements over the past two days, uh, DARPA said that the idea behind the project was to use a marketplace to assess the probability of events, a concept that has worked with predictions in such matters as commodity prices and elections. Examples of potential events on the website included the overthrow of the King of Jordan, a missile strike by North Korea, or the assassination of Yasser Arafat. While some lawmakers said they understood the fundamental idea behind the project, they said it clearly crossed a line given the continuing effort against terrorism and the war in Iraq. And then Bill Frist, gosh, what happened to Bill Frist? Bill Frist, the Senate Majority Leader at the time, Republican from Tennessee, wrote a letter and said, I cannot conceive of any reason why the United States government should be involved in a project of this nature. Tom Daschle, who was then the Democratic leader, uh, Democrat from South Dakota, harsher. I am troubled, alarmed, just amazed that anybody with positions of responsibility and authority would suggest that we do things of this nature. Was was I nuts? to embrace this concept after the lid got blown off it back in 2003. Here's the here's the issue that I'm framing for you. Am I nuts that I embraced this back in 2003? Or was there something to it where Israel just had the attack of 10-7 and very similar to the United States after 9-11 said, well, we just never could have imagined this. We, we even had a 40-page report. And we couldn't have imagined it. By the way, Richard Clark, the aforementioned Richard Clark, was my guest on CNN, as I said, on Saturday. And one of the questions that I asked of him, and and did did we cut the question and the answer? Yes, I have the question. Let me just say what I, the the gist of it was, I wanted to know, do we always get threats of, of this kind? And is that why the intelligence experts didn't see it coming? Here's our exchange. In a case like this, to a, a layperson like me on the sidelines, I say, my God, a 40-page report that spelled it out, how in the world couldn't they have paid attention to it, is the reality that there are so many threats of all kinds constantly coming in that it just makes it impossible to distinguish one from the other? No, I don't think that's the case. I think the problem here is that the Israelis didn't have a system for dealing with warning. Uh, we proposed a system in the book, Warnings. Um, we proposed a system for evaluating threats and placing uh, hedged bets 
and as the threat grew closer, if the evidence grew stronger, you increased the hedge. Uh, that wasn't done uh, in Israel, and unfortunately, it wasn't done in the case of 9-11. It wasn't a failure of imagination. It was a failure of management. By the way, Richard Clark didn't know I was then going to bring up John Poindexter and the betting market that he envisioned, but you hear him use the, the, the verbiage of wagering. Poindexter, for the negative things that you've heard about him, was also a Naval Academy grad who had a Ph.D. in nuclear physics. I don't even know if he's still alive today. I'm not even sure if he's alive. But I just thought, you know, two decades on, more than two decades on, is that is he alive? All right, good. All right, hope that he's well. How old is he? Do we know? Born in 1936. Okay, we'll do the math. Mm-hmm. Do the math. Yeah, he's old. Onward, How about that? Onward he's old. He's old. He's wonderfully. He's aged. a seasoned citizen. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Humor the host of this program. There, there was a hysterical reaction to Poindexter having the idea of trying to, not for people to profit. But as an academic exercise for a 100 experts from academia and think tanks to have been invited to buy and sell futures on the prospect of terror attacks. And he was laughed at for it. And that's what I was thinking of when we were last together on Friday and everything had come to light about the Israelis having this 40 page report and saying there's no way that Hamas could pull off paragliding into Israel kibbutzes. If, if we pay attention to predict it. You know, for more than laughs and giggles, should we also have been doing something similar to that which I've just taken the last 15 minutes to describe? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. So what's Michael talking about? Oh, he was talking about whether betting markets ought to be used to predict terror. Really? Why would he bring that up? I don't know. Uh, Douglas, greetings to you in Maryland. What are you thinking today? I think I believe in free markets. I think it was a great idea. People are betting their money on what are the odds of something happening. I think we could apply it to a lot of things, including education, for that matter. 
Do you think, I mean, can you follow the money? Do you think that there is a predictive aspect of this that that is greater than just what we might think of if we're sitting around and philosophizing or having a conversation on a talk radio program? Absolutely. You know, when you got to put your money into it, you're going to give good thought before you place that bet. Yeah. Why I don't play the lottery. <laughs> right. Well, it's why I pay, it's why I pay attention to the uh, it's why I pay attention to the, the 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 betting markets. By the by the way, speaking of which, oh my god, here I was last week and I was saying San Francisco is bringing their 8 and 3 record to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is 10 and 1. It's a home game for Philadelphia. Philadelphia's got the best team in the NFL. Why in the world are the Eagles getting three and a half points? So, of course, like a lot of others, I jumped on that bandwagon. Uh, but not even the odds makers in that case just you know knew just how dominant San Francisco would be. And and at the outset of the game, I thought I was doing just fine. Like, well, what do these guys know? I know more about this than they know. No, they knew. They knew. Uh, Dave, uh, David, pardon me, in Rehoboth Beach, Thank you for your phone call. I'm, I'm told by a producer that you're a former FBI agent who worked with Richard Clark. No, no, that's not correct. I was saying uh, the, the 9-11, prior to 9-11, John McNeil was an FBI agent. Oh, sorry. Had, that, by the way, my he, error. That's not what she typed. Go ahead. Okay. he was, But he was always later referred to. He worked with Richard Clark, but later he was referred to the man who knew. His problem was he had crossed Louis Free, the then director of the FBI, and got shipped off to work for Calstrom in New York, and they ignored him. And ironically, he ironically he became the head of security at the World Trade Center and died on 9/11. Right. That part. But, that part. Of, that part of the story. Sadly, I remember. Yeah. Um, and my other part is, you know what the 9/11 terrorists did? They shorted all the U.S. airlines in the weeks before 9-11, and they made millions of dollars D- in David, profits. David, I, gotta, I, I remember the issue. I have to go back to Snopes or some other uh, fact check. Is that true? That's what they said afterwards. At least that's what the reporting at the time was, as I remember. Okay. It, it certainly was the reporting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into it. Did, did, did somebody make money by shorting airline stocks predicated on September 11th? Uh, Charles, you're in Westchester, New York. Greetings to you. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking that uh, with AI and machine learning, this idea of Poindexter would really be amplified and useful, very useful. Well, I hadn't thought of that, but now with the advent of AI, I would, I would, I, look, I just don't want AI to be used to launch a terror attack, but I would love to see AI incorporated into the fold if it had some predictive ability, sure. Well, AI doesn't have a predictive ability, of course, but AI and machine learning are simply very enhanced versions of what humans can do uh, with a given human being. And if you take a thousand human beings and put them together, they get smarter, theoretically. They're all equally smart. (laughs) Anyway, but uh, the AI could be used in the same algorithms for predictive outcomes. Yeah, it's a good... uh, it's a good element. It's a good element to throw into the mix. Thank you for doing it, Charles. John Yonkers, thank you for your patience. What did you most want to say? 
I wanted to say that it's morally repugnant when people die unnecessarily, given a choice of killing a terrorist and maybe getting a family member or two. No one seems to find that morally repugnant. I think this would have been a great idea. And there was a movie, World War Z, where Israel briefly escaped the zombie apocalypse because, as they put it, they had added a man to the cabinet whose job it was to take the unpopular view. They said it was something they installed after the 19, you know, the Yom Kippur War, you know, to not ignore stuff, to have at least one person in the room say, no, 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 this is possible. Sadly, they didn't do that in real I life. Like your, I like your argument as to what is really morally repugnant. Morally repugnant is, is not thinking out the, outside the box and doing whatever you can do. Bob, you're in Bethel, Connecticut. Greetings. What are you thinking? Hi, good morning. Just wanted to talk about Poindexter's uh, market scheme or, or yeah. uh, trading. And uh-huh. it, it's actually based on mathematical theories. There, there are two that come to mind. Uh, one is the multi-model theory which is, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Charles Sawitsky's book, The Wisdom of the Crowds, but it means basically um, many, many different approaches, many different views. Each one is less likely to be closer to the truth than the average. And the other one is Bayes' theorem from probability, which says that as information comes in, you adjust your belief system, and, um, and, and you, this is what the whole betting thing is. That by getting 100 experts, uh, rather than the general public, you're taking some of the emotion out in theory. So mm-hmm. it's pretty well founded, and, and it's it's not new math. Well, I I recognize there is some science and data and rational thinking behind it. Listen to this, Bob, and everybody else. Uh, when I wrote this column on this many years ago, I said this: It may sound crazy, but markets are great predictors of world events. The point here was that the collective consciousness of experts could be an effective intelligence gathering technique. A similar model at the University of Iowa has achieved great success handicapping political contests. And then I have a quote. It says, what it appears he was trying to do was expand his base of advisors, explained Robert Forsyth of the Iowa Electronic Markets, which does a better job prognosticating elections than any poll. People who come to participate in a market like this have some information about outcomes and trade on that information. What we have discovered in certain situations is that these types of futures markets do incredibly well in collecting bits of information disseminated by thousands of people. That's the idea behind it. Uh, Michael, greetings to you in San Antonio. What are you thinking? What I wanted to say was it's not a lack of imagination Tom Clancy had it in a 1994 novel called Dead of Honor, where they flew a 747 into the Capitol building. Hmm. That's how Jack Ryan be president. So it's out there in the literature to, or in fiction to do it. Well, you know that kind of su- that kind of supports the idea of what they did in in Hollywood, which is maybe maybe it shouldn't have just been. The filmmakers, maybe it also should have been the authors, you know, to your point, to, to put a Tom, put a Tom Clancy in the room and like, hey, what, what are we missing here? What have, what have you come up with? I like the idea. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America located in Washington, D.C. provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.